Hello and welcome. This is Your Life and God podcast. Conversations discussing you as God designed and purposed you. And it's about your life as God has a destiny for you in your life. Not only here on earth, but unto eternity. And of course, it's about your relationship with God. As he sent his son so that it may occur in Jesus Christ. And our conversations are based upon biblical principles. So that we may gain greater understanding of what it's all about as we surge here. In this life, amongst those in the world, so that we also may reach our destiny. Hello again, and thank you for listening. This episode has a, several subtitles, but it's all about the heart. And it's about the heart, which is a organ, an organ that we don't necessarily think about. If we wake up in the morning, our heart is beating. Go about our day, our heart is beating. Oblivious to the function of the heart. But do we really understand? what it represents outside of its physical function, that it's an inner organ, a very important inner organ as it processes blood through our physical bodies. We all know that we must have a heart in order to, and it has to Function physically. But as God draws us, the Lord our God is asking that we understand the meaning of the heart. And we will find that the inner function that operates to its full capacity is interconnected once we gain the understanding of its complete function both in mind, body, and in spirit. Again, this episode is entitled The Heart. And we begin with Exodus. The book of Exodus It's very interesting. And I suggest perhaps we take notes. On this episode, there are much teaching and concept so that each of us will gain understanding, greater understanding of God, his drawing, and a particular 
particular aspect of ourselves that God wants to minister to us in. So we begin in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus. And Exodus actually, chapter 1 has significance, but we're going to focus on the deliverance of the children of Jacob, the house of Jacob, whereby they are in bondage in Egypt. And this is important foundation for the framework of our episode simply because it is dealing with issues that actually affect us today. Our inner man, our relationship with God, the conditions of our heart, and most importantly, our precepts of knowing God and our precepts of understanding whereby, how we go about obtaining a relationship with the one true and living God. That's a lot. Let us begin though. Book of Exodus really contains a lot of information. First of all, contextually, God heard the cries of the children of Jacob, the house of Jacob, and at an appointed time, and he also shared it with Abraham, the 400 years that his descendants would be in bondage. God delivers around that time, 400 years, and brings about a deliverance. And the deliverance says, so it is also healing us from certain uh, bounds, certain bondages, certain misbeliefs um, of each of us in this world. So take it in context. It is a historical event and a true event, but also is relatable to how God handles uh, deliverance of our um, old habits, bad habits, and also the framework of our beliefs that may have been instilled systematically from the life as we are here in the world and on earth. So first of all, there is a leader. A leader um, has many gods. And this is for those who have believed that religions of mysticism and magic has its place uh, and but they are not gods regardless of the belief of the inner work and manifestation of any kind of sign or wonder and the example is God making it known that he is God through what has happened and so the story is God wants to deliver the children but he also wants also in a connection contextual framework that we be delivered, but we have to also understand the making of God, the, the processes of God, of bringing down uh, old beliefs and installing so that we will know the Lord thy God, the one and true living God. Okay, so contextually, 
a leader, gods, many gods um, that are connected to, for the most part, um, the greatness of God's creation, like the air, the sun, and even some of the creatures like uh, frogs and snakes and serpents and things like that, become and, and find that there perhaps are some kind of mysticism involved with those things. But God is God. And though he have created those things, those things are not to be worshipped. So um, God must bring and approach the leader that has the children in bondage, whatever that bondage is. Misperception, whether it's ourselves in the world dealing with um, the aspirations of attainment of either positions or material things and believe that that brings us to a status of satisfaction or nirvana or happiness is uh, a misnomer and a misbelief of the function of the greatness, the reach of the greatness of the one true living God who created us and who's given us a soul that needs to be reconnected or connected to its creator in an appropriate way. Okay, so God, as we know the story, systematically deals with the leader first, he deals with the messenger to have boldness to share. The messenger to have been equipped through the lessons of obedience and to have become to know in a relationship with God, the creator, number one. Secondly, the leader, who's again believes in the pretenses of his self self-attainment, and his position, surrounding himself with his own gods, God has to deal with, and then it is those that need deliverance. Accepting the deliverance, recognizing the God that has come to save them. This is all contained fundamentally in the deliverance of the house of Jacob called the children of Israel. But as we see that in the New Testament it was connected as well. God says to his messenger I've sent you because I've heard the cries of my people. I am sending you to Pharaoh but I've heartened his heart. Now, understand, our episode is all about the heart. The premise is the heart. What did God mean that he said, hearten the heart? On the surface, most of us would mean that he would uh, resist God. And yes, that's a little bit true. That's the simplicity of that phrase. Heartening of the heart. But as we see God, when we read the story of the events, true events, that God had to approach continuously to demonstrate his power over all things to 
so that a leader would recognize that he is God, but also in this God reveals that the leader in pride of self-attainment is going to be his downfall. He will not humble, even though he has professed several times to repent of his sins. And he says this to Moses, tell your God, the Lord, your God, that forgive me for my sins. But then his heart becomes hard. Now again, God knew the condition of Pharaoh's heart as he knows the heart of each one of us. He knows what each of us need. In experiences and exposure of our misbeliefs and misunderstandings and our wrong turns so that he can draw us nearer to him. He also knows those like Pharaoh, whose hearts are fallen to the wrong side and are so full of the pretenses of self-dependency outside of its creator. Heart and heart, biblically, in its end result, it that one becomes a fool. A fool is that your heart has become so resistant to the voice of God that you are to become deceived into unbelieving that you can come before your creator in your own self-attainment. When God says, I've hardened his heart, it was to expose, but also it also enabled Pharaoh, just like us, to understand in humbleness that God is drawing us near. That is an example. So hardening the heart, we understand. But exactly what is this heart then? <laughs> Because it's important that we have hearts to receive God when he draws us. Isaiah again, the prophet, spoke once after deliverance, after uh, jubilation of God, deliverance. At one particular time, when again the people were puffed up in their gains or blessings of God and became fat and laxed, became full of themselves and became distant in their hearts from God. Isaiah spoke to the leaders and again, these are all warnings of God of times and conditions that though <laughs> they believe they are worshiping God, 
God says through his messenger, you worship me with your mouths, but your hearts are far from me. Again, in this case, worshiping with your mouth means that you have relied upon human rules, merely human rules, but the substance of yourself. And this is the next subtitle. It's the, the heart and the substance of self. It's the soul. The heart, biblically, is the substance and the essence of you. The essence, the part we cannot see, the part that is so delicate that God has to reconnect that inner man or the soul that we become our real selves. Not hardened by life, not hardened by suffering. But God says, now interestingly enough, Jesus refers back in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, and Mark addressing the people and the leaders in the middle of his ministry to again remind that you worship me with your mouths, but your hearts are so far from me. Brings an interesting thing. And this point is a psalmist. Psalm 27 is a very interesting psalm, again addressing the heart and addressing the drawing of God and addressing the need for the heart to connect to its maker. Biblically, the heart is the soul. It is not that physical organ that pumps but it's the essence of our emotions, our lives, that need that God has given us that is in a special place that only he, and he has sole authority and control, and only he can connect us through our hearts or our soul or inner workings or inner man back to himself. It's completely under God's dominance. Says your heart, meaning that it is not connected as heart and that you, the, the, the emotions are actually um, swung uh, uh, into the disruptive, destructive uh, life. Psalms 27 the psalmist says, when the Lord says, and this is drawing, see ye my face. And somebody says, nobody can see God, but the Lord thy God says, see 
ye my face. Meaning that our desire is not, should not be of the things that we think associated with God, but it is God himself that whom we must seek. Our response and the psalmist in love and in the desire and the longing to connect to his God says, O oh Lord, my heart will say unto you, Thy face, O oh Lord, will I seek. And that is the touch then of God to the inner man where the longing of the soul has now responded to its creator. And its creator hears. When he says, O oh Lord, my heart will say unto thee, Thy face will I seek. And that's verse 8. That is the response that God wants each of us to have. The heart must be, or the soul of the man must be reconnected to God. That is the, that is the essence of who you and I are. The heart. The emotions, the seed, and of course it says that there that so many things, that's where all of the emotions and the effects of the uh, of life sits. And God wants to deal with it. But he has to address either the block, the hardening. He showed the, 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 the children of Israel that at this time, when he sends the Messiah, he will replace the stony heart and give them one of flesh. Jesus comes, and this is conclusion of the matter. God sends his love, which is the heart of God, Jesus Christ to us. And in responding to God's drawing in his son, showing his heart, his sensitivities to us, his desire to connect with his create, the human, our humanity, or the man that he created in you and I. Drawing us closer to himself and through his son, he tells us, seek ye my face. Not the trappings of all the other things that people may say a blessing is of in Christ. Truly, when we believe, we become blessed and highly favored. But the message today, and it is our prayer, that we seek the face of God. Not the trappings of a supposedly result of God, not in mysticism or any gods and trappings of powers and abilities of signs and wonders, but we seek the face of the one true God, not merely in human rules that 
the trappings of other um, supposedly religions have us to do. It is God that God wants, not how many times we do anything. And then, of course, he is going to test our beliefs and faith. And he does not tempt us to sin, but he will allow for us our faith in him, our trust in him, to uh, faith to increase and our trust to deepen in him through um, the trials and tribulations that we may face along the way. So what should we say when God draws us near, knowing that he's saying, let not it be a mouth thing, because I want your heart. And I will give you a new heart in my son, because the world has affected in life, I know, have affected our, your beliefs and your understanding. And I will give you a new heart. I will replace that stony heart and give you one with flesh. But do not become foolish in your pride of self-esteemment, self, I did it all by myself, nobody helped me, or any other misbelief. Because it is God who says, seek ye my face. Seek me. And he says, of course, you will find. And then the next time, it is our prayer. that you study the biblical references. It's our prayer that God touches each one of our hearts. Whether it's a pricking, whether it's a cracking, whether it is a breaking, so that we can Say your face, O oh Lord God, will I see. Till the next time, sharing God's blessings. Goodbye.